The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. All right, I've been filling in for Pat all this week. I'm delighted to be uh, jo- joined in studio uh, here by Conor Faulkner, who was the ubiquitous voice of <laughs> AA Roadwatch and all that good stuff, and is now a transport consultant, amongst other things. He, I, the podcast is going well. Podcast What's is going great. Is driving, driving, uh, driving, dri- driving or what is it? Uh, driving life with Conor Faulkner. Okay, uh, and you were on it, of course. Indeed, indeed. Well, that was the highlight of the whole series. But you know, that was like that was like being a psychiatrist because <laughs> you, you 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 had one of of your, your back tweaks going on so you were lying flat Indeed. on the couch Indeed. as I was and, and I get you. very touchy when I'm in pain but anyway tell, uh, wait till I tell you the, <laughs> the reason we've invited Connor in and we're always delighted to see him is that uh, News Talk teamed up with um, Amoric the polling people amongst other research work they do and they asked 1200 adults across the country or in Dublin I'm not quite sure uh, what would it take for them to give up their car and to use public transport. And we found that three in five would do so, in other words, shift to public transport if it was more reliable and more frequent. And two out of five would give up their car if it was free. Oh, don't you know they're looking for something <laughs> for nothing. Uh, so what's your analysis of this? Well, it's a good piece of work, Ivan. Um, it, the, 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 the countrywide sample is 1,200, so it's a good chunky base. Um, and, you know, does it have any piercing insights? You know, probably this is all stuff that we would have guessed intuitively beforehand. Um, you know, to state the obvious, motorists don't want the price of petrol and diesel to go back up. Uh, 72% want the government to, to pause the increase in the duty rates. Government knocked a few bob off petrol and diesel a year ago. It's due to go back on. Motorists don't want it to go back on. No surprise there. But generally what people tell you is that if public transport is good and they can trust it and they can rely on it, then they'll use it. They won't need a car. Now, great to have a Moric research and news talk tell us that. But we've had real life tell us that for years and years. When you build the Lewis in Dublin, you didn't have to persuade people to take it because it was good. They took it immediately. And everywhere you provide good public transport, you learn that lesson. Everywhere you provide unreliable, dispersed, slow public transport, people won't use it. And there's no point beating them up, telling them not to have cars, trying to charge them a fiver a day. None of that works. If you've got good alternatives, you don't need to force people. If you don't have good alternatives, forcing people does no good. Okay, well, there's a couple of issues. There's kind of intercity travel. Yeah. uh, And then there's commuter travel to Dublin. And it would strike me that in the Dublin context, I mean, I, I do get frustrated. I do a lot of work on infrastructure these days. Bus Connects mm. and Metrolink, yeah. you know, are the two big projects, sort of interradial. So if I want to get from Tala across to Clontarf, the idea is that you, you'll have a route to do that and you don't need to change bus four times. Yeah. But it's got stuck with people's gardens, the routes, politicians have got involved and they're still talking about it five years later. Well, I know. And, and look, I have never been a fan of Bus Connect because... To have my, you not? No. Uh, I, I would rather we built Metro. I, I think we need to build Metro and Lewis. But you can't build Dublin. Metro everywhere. Well, you can start. If, we do, if we'd done this 30 years ago when we first said we would, it's been government policy to build Metro North since the early 2000s. It's 20 years. 20 years since we said we'd do it and we've yet to get a shovel into the ground. Now, the city of Madrid said they'd do the same thing in 1995. They had it finished 12 years later. At one stage, Madrid was building underground railway faster than Asian cities. 
They decided to do it and they did it. Madrid now has a terrific metro. They're extending it. What have we been doing in Dublin at the same time? More bloody flip charts and PowerPoints. Well, no, I, I, I actually chaired a conference the, and Peter Walsh of the TII, who's yeah, in charge of, yeah, yeah. said that the best case scenario is Metrolink uh, will have a board planola first hearing mm. in the spring of next year. Mm. Now, that means it still hasn't got planning and yeah. it's to go through all that process. So that's three years. Then there'll probably be a judicial review yeah. of that. That's another two years. And the the indicative cost is somewhere around eight or nine billion at the moment. And you know what? When we built the port tunnel, which again is only 20 years ago, 25 years ago, people complained about the cost. It was 750 million for the port tunnel. If we had to build the port tunnel again now, you'd be looking three, four billion and the rest. We cost ourselves a fortune by not doing Metro 30 years ago. So if you like, the best time to do this was 30 years ago. The second best time is now. And one of the reasons why I dis... One of the reasons why I dislike Bus Connects is it puts off the day when we build Metro. I, I think it, it's, it's a 20-year band-aid that will do collateral harm to the city and will put off the day when we have to build Metro. We're planning on the city being here for another thousand years... We're going to need it, so let's get on and build it. Okay, then you have... So, I, I come to Dublin, say, twice a week mm. and I either get the 6.20am train from Inniscorthy yeah. or the 8.06 train. And the thing for me is, after about Wicklow, I have to stand up. I just can't sit in the chair with my back. Yeah. And, and I find it a fantastic service. But... The last train home from Pierce is six thirty-eight. So if I have anything on in the evening, it, it just just it just doesn't. Yeah. And it, the, the, the blindingly obvious thing for me is this: Why don't you run a train, for example, Rosslare to Bray, mm. and then I'll get on the Dart, or even, in other words, the Dart service is yeah. world class. Why does the train have to go to Connolly? In other words, get more frequent up and downs, and just shuttle yeah. it up and down. And like, you know, why is that common sense approach uh, not taken? O- o- occasionally, occasionally, I catch you on the radio somewhere when you're grumpy because you've had an experience on the train, and you've got Barry Kenny in the chair opposite you, and they've got uh, rid of the trolley, which the, means uh, they can't have any wine. You can't have, you know, have, a, have any, depriving you of wine as well as uh, <laughs> when your back is not good. Um, so look. I, I don't know the answers to those questions bar saying that we've underinvested in the whole field for, for many, many years. Now, when Ireland was last flush, if you like, and the Tiger One boom, we did some very good things in terms of building infrastructure. The port tunnel I mentioned was fantastic. The Lewis Line... The M50 was The M50 it. itself and the motorway upgrade. I mean, people with long enough memories will remember how the, you know, the getting from Dublin to Cork, for example, was a five-hour drive. It's now a three-hour drive in much safer conditions. So we've made the island smaller. Yeah, and, and to be, again, like I, I, just, I came up on Monday morning, left home at 5am and I was here in an hour and 10 minutes. Like, it's unbelievable. Fantastic. And, and those new roads have served Ireland brilliantly. They serve the Irish economy. They serve the Irish environment. It's a better overall environment to have those mo- modern cars on modern roads than the, the arrangement we had 30 years ago. But what we haven't done enough of is public transport. Now, there's other areas of infrastructure perhaps we haven't done enough on either water okay. for example the, the, other, the other issue but the other issue of our time mm. is global warming climate mm. change one and a half degrees and all of that and the idea is that we electrify transport yeah. and that we use renewable sources yeah. for electricity generation from 34% up to 80% solar wind and, 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 and so on yeah. it seems to me and reading the SIMI report that Jim Power did mm that the target of getting to 850,000 light vehicles, EVs, cars, uh, by 2030 is actually going to be 150,000. My question to you is this. 
are we actually going to see a divergence where everyone is on the same page, we're going to electrify transport, yes. to actually the, the NGO and environmental community saying no. Active transit, uh, transport, public transport is the way to go and yeah. to hell with the motor industry. Or how do you see that resolving itself? Well, I think the entire fleet will move to electric or if not electric to hydrogen or whatever it is. But I think over the next generation, 2025 years, um, the private car will wean itself almost completely off fossil fuels. Uh, no so combustion, we, internal combustion Well, there engines. may be internal combustion with biofuels and things like that. And there may be some exceptions like high-end cars, for example. And I think petrol and diesel will have a very long tail, a very long tail. So it could be in 20 years' time, there's still some diesel trucks and vans and buses knocking around. But the private car, I think, will electrify. How quickly will that happen? Um, well, Ireland is already a little bit slow compared to some other countries. In Norway, for example, they're miles ahead of us in terms of electrifying the fleet, but it's coming. And the battery technology is improving a typical electric But they are range. expensive electric I mean they, like they and, and, so my two problems with that is first of all people who don't necessarily buy new cars you mm. know we're talking about 60 grand for yeah, an electric yeah. vehicle but there's no second hand market used car market but for electric there will be they're 8% nearly 10% of new car sales and of course as every year goes by there are more second hand ones so there are now good quality second hand electric you can get a second hand Tesla they're, they're available um, and every year that goes by more and more become available also the manufacturers have pivoted a lot of their R&D money towards electric and their marketing money so you'll find that all the big manufacturers now have electric cars to offer in different categories, small, medium and large. You can get a great big electric SUV and spend six figures on it if you want. You can also get a very good quality new electric car for less than 30 grand. And as a second car, city car, brilliant solution. So more and more of that is happening. Uh, however, we will still be using petrol and diesel for a long time. And we delude ourselves in the climate argument if you try and sort of beat up and down on, on people in rural Ireland, for example, who still have a real need for cars. Mm. I think the environmentalists, in inverted commas, tend to over-egg that. Uh, they tend to emphasise car use as if it was the world's biggest demon. In fact, it's one of the categories that's making the most pro Progress. Um, and our real climate challenge ultimately won't come from cars. Cars will have solved the climate question. Uh, they'll be zero polluting, zero emitting. Now you could argue about lithium mining or whatever, however else you want to broaden the conversation. But the anti-car mood there will pivot away from climate towards congestion. Now they won't stop. They'll be as vehemently anti-car. Just it's only the rationale that'll pivot. Um, but you know, the, one, the, the survey was asked: Is Ireland anti-car? There's a cohort that definitely is. And the argument against cars then is about they crowd our cities. They're big. They're obnoxious. They take up. It's like standing up in the theatre. You want a car, so you know the whole city is is, is built around catering for it. And there are some good points there. Um, but but it won't ultimately be an environmental argument, in my view, because the emissions aspect of car use will be solved. Um, free public transport, is that a bit it. utopian? Well, I wouldn't personally, uh, you know, if they made me czar tomorrow, I, I wouldn't literally go like, free. Like you can't actually take more people. The Dart and, you know, from Russia, the Dart and the Lewis are absolutely jam-packed. Like the problem is not, actually need a few extra carriages uh, in True terms indeed. of capacity and more frequency, but actually... I think people find with their leap card that it's not that expensive. It, and certainly price isn't the big factor. What you want out of uh, public transport, there's two things. Firstly, there's the commuting flow when 
transport is very, very busy. Every asset we have is stuffed full. Those people must have time, consistency. They must be able to rely on getting your 806 train. Um, and if you can provide that, the problem there is capacity. If we had more capacity, we'd fill it. There's then off-peak travel. Um, and in, in fact, there's good evidence that free public transport or very, very cheap public transport gets people onto buses and trains off-peak. A really good yes, train. When, when I lived in Wales, if yeah. you took a train from, from Swansea to London... Uh, at certain times, but if you took it at other times, it was half the price. Yeah. In, so, in other words, there, there was two uh, within the, the the day. There wasn't yeah. a daily rate. It changed. Yeah. And it's about using the asset. So it is not the function of public transport to make money. It, it's not the function of public transport, I believe, e- even to sustain its own running costs. Dublin bus, for example, has to make most of its revenue through the fare box. That's kind of nuts. I've said before that's like a coin-operated streetlight. It's just the wrong mindset. The purpose of public transport should essentially be free or fully socialised. Its purpose is just to move the public around. Now, maybe literally free is a bit too utopian and maybe it wouldn't even be a good idea. Sometimes people under-respect things that are free. But the cost certainly should be nominal and not a barrier and it should be just very easy to use. Um, as I say, you can give out about the cost, but if you arrive in London tomorrow, you're not going to hire a car you just absolutely assume that London's transport network... Well, they have the tube. Around. They have the they tube. Build metro. We don't have an Build metro, as yeah. I say. That's a, the single biggest thing we need to do is build public transport. And Bus Connects doesn't count. Bus Connects, in my view, is, is a, a short-term drug and, and ultimately puts off the day when we have to do it properly. All right. There you heard it. Our foremost transport expert in the country, Conor Faulkner, <laughs> uh, making sense out of the survey and where we need to go in terms of transport planning. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.